Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. I'm good. How are you? Good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, my name is Andrea Vetter. I'm an attorney. I've been a small business and estate planning attorney for almost 10 years now. Um, and then recently I've started an online business um, called vettedbyandrea.com where I just share um, legal tips and business information for entrepreneur moms. Oh, I like that. That's awesome. So I think I first met you um, probably online. Yes. <laughs> and then I met you in real life when you came to the mentored retreat, uh, last year. Yes. In October. Yeah. And had I previously met you physically at any other event? No, that was actually my first event ever. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, was your retreat. Yeah. And you enjoyed it, right? <laughs> and yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. So, um, Andrea has just been, has sort of become for the mentored membership community, just a great, um, just a person who kind of is able to kind of chime in with her knowledge base about legal matters and things like that when people have had questions. So I just appreciate that she is an amazing part of our community and she's doing some really cool things. Um, and so I wanted to invite her on the show today because there's a lot of questions that I often get about basically like going legit with your blog as a business. And I think there's a lot of confusion um, people don't always understand things. And so I'm hoping that Andrea, with her legit expertise, <laughs> can just give us insight on what that looks like and maybe some of the steps we need to follow and why we should um, consider, you know, creating a legit business and, and kind of what that means for us long term. Sounds good. Okay. So I guess the first question is, you know, in what ways does a person who have who has a blog sort of turn it into a legit business, um, you know, on the legal slash backend, I guess maybe legal is not the right word, but the legit <laughs> back end of things. Well, so some people, people come into business two different ways. Um, some people set out and they're like, I'm going to make this blog a business and they are ready. And then some people just say, okay, I'm going to start a blog. And then they start making money. And then before they know it, it's a business. Right. Um, whether they're treating it that way or not. And that's where people run into issues um, because they're, they are a business, but they're not treating it like a business. And gotcha. it's hard to go back in time and say, okay, well, um, but I mean, really what you need to do is first decide, okay, are you going to be a sole proprietor or are you going to be an LLC? Do you want some sort of formal business structure? Okay, can you tell me why I would choose one or the other based on my, not me, but a right, blogger right. based on their situation? Well, so a sole proprietor, if you start a blog and you start making money, you're automatically a sole proprietor. So you don't have to do anything from that point. That's kind of the default. So that's actually the biggest category of business owners because if you start making money, you just are a sole proprietor. Um I think it's better if you choose that, you know, if you're like, okay, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to choose to be a sole proprietor. To me, that's better than just like, this is just the default. Mm -hmm. um, and I always tell people, so not everybody needs an LLC, but 
depending on where you live, like I know California is very expensive. Um, where I practice, it's $40 to start your LLC and then it's $15 a year. So I'm like, why not? Why would you not have one? You know? Right. Um, so and can you tell a, me, sorry, can you tell me what are the sort of like, okay, so if you do an LLC, which costs a little, you know, extra money every year, what kind of um, sort of protection does that give you versus if you were a sole proprietor? So an LLC gives you protection for your personal assets. So let's say you own your house, you have bank accounts and things like that. Your business is just getting off the ground. And if you have an online business, you don't have a location, you know, so really your business assets are not much. So if somebody sued you, they could only get to the business assets. So you're not at risk of losing your house and things like that. Um, that's the biggest reason that I think people should start one. Yeah. Now it's not automatic because you do have to take steps to treat your business, you know, your LLC as separate from yourself. Um, there's a concept called piercing the corporate veil, which means, you know, if you, somebody wants to sue you and you're an LLC, but you're a single member, they're going to sue you in the LLC name and in your personal name. They just will. Um, but you need to be able to show the court, no, 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 this is, this business is separate from me. My, it has nothing to do with me personally. And so if you keep those protections in place, they're going to be limited to what they can recover from the business. So your personal assets are not at risk at all. Okay. And what kind of steps can someone take to ensure that their LLC is set up in a legitimate way? So the most important thing to do to keep it separate is, not to mix the funds together. Um, we call that commingling funds. So you need to have a separate bank account and that bank account is used to pay your business expenses. You can pay yourself from it, but you shouldn't be paying any personal expenses from it. So you don't want to be paying, you know, your credit card bill or something like that from your business bank account. You can write yourself a check and that's you're paying yourself and then you can pay that, but there needs to be that step in the middle so that you're not paying for your personal expenses with your business funds. That's the yeah, most important yeah. thing. Well, um, and when I was looking for banks initially, when I started my LLC, um, a lot of them had these like ridiculous minimum balances. And yes. so since we're talking about the bank here, I just wanted to say like that one of the cheapest banks I found was Wells Fargo because they only required like a $250 balance and maybe 10 transactions a month or something like that. But you know, like once I get in like my bad, I mean my um, email service or I get in, you know, Canva or whatever, you know, there's all those subscriptions that I have, like it was perfectly fine. Right. Uh, but that was one of the big hindrances to me initially. And so it's really just going around and finding a bank in your area that really offers the lowest minimum, you know, especially when you're a newer entrepreneur, um, you know, when you're further down the road, it doesn't matter as much. But I also found, you know, that by keeping my personal accounts um, at the same bank, it made it very easy because I, I was able to easily move money from my, you know, um, business account to my personal account online without having to write a bunch of checks like that whole uh, scenario. And that's not the way it was initially. Like initially I had a separate bank um, for personal and for business um, but it made sense later on to kind of just move it over. But okay, what were you what were you gonna say? Well, and on that, so my personal bank, um, we have you know our mortgage there and our bank mm -hmm. account. So they were actually willing to work with me on my business account. So that might be another option too. Yeah. You know, 
you say, we've got all of our accounts here, we want to stay here, they may be able to kind of waive some of the fees or the minimum balance and things like that. So the next thing you need is an operating agreement. Um, and I feel like this is the biggest mistake I see people make because, you know, they know to keep their money separate. And when you're just working by yourself, it seems really silly to have a contract that governs your business. You know, it's like, I'm making all the decisions, so why should I have this piece of paper that tells me, you know, what I can do, what I can't do? And I mean, like a lot of things in the law, it's just a formality. Um, it may seem silly, but it is important. It's, you know, it's one of the things the court will look at, okay, did they have an operating agreement? And that shows that, yes, you intended for this to be a separate business. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, but you do need to have something written down. You basically want to treat it like if you had a partner, you would have an agreement between the two of you. And so when you're by yourself, you still need to do that, even if it seems like, okay, this isn't necessary. It's just one more layer of protection, should you need yes. it. Yes, yes. And it's, it's one of the easiest things you can do because you basically put it into place and, you know, you do need to follow it, but it's going to be pretty easy to follow if it's just, if you're the only one. Right. Um, and you just keep that with your important papers. And then if you, you know, if you ever do get sued, you can, you just use that as one more element of proof of, no, this is a legit business. It's not just an extension of me. Um, and then, I mean, this isn't really go to being a separate business, but you need to make sure that you're doing your accounting and you're paying your taxes and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, that's people think, Oh, you know, I'm not making any money. So they don't start tracking expenses until they are making money. And then mm -hmm. they end up making a lot of money. And it's like, well, if you would have been tracking your expenses <laughs> from the beginning, you could have written off a lot of that stuff. Right. Um, well, and that's like, um, that was something that I started doing. Like, I, I think the first year I had the LLC, I got like Quicken or something like that. And it was pretty easy because all I had to do was really just download my bank transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just went through and sort of marked what they were, you know, line by line. And when you've only got, you know, a few, I mean, in the beginning, you only have a few transactions a month anyway. So it's pretty right. simple. You know, the further along, I mean, at this point, you know, I have somebody who does accounting for me. <laughs> um, just because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you've got a blog that's been established for a long time, you end up with like lots of streams of income coming from different places. Right. Um, and you've got to keep track of all of that. But I, I distinctly remember, um, when I started, when I created Kim Anderson consulting as a business, uh, or Kim Anderson consulting LLC, I went with that because I was actually freelance writing curriculum for churches. And because I was writing, I really wanted to have some layer of protection mm -hmm. at that point. I didn't know how large that business would grow or like where it was really going. Um, you know, and ultimately, like, I'm really glad that I set that up from day one, because even back right. then, you know, I had expenses and I had income coming from the writing. And then I, re I remember going ahead and just hiring a CPA to do the business taxes along with the personal taxes, just because it was, I felt like, like, if I had a CPA do it, then I would at least know like somebody who knew what they were doing did it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And they're also, you know, they're responsible if they make a mistake as opposed to you being responsible. Yeah. So I can at least go back and be like, what's going on, you know, right. or whatever. Um, but it was very helpful to have that and it always made me feel much more comfortable year by year 
you know, to um, keep track of all of those expenses. And that was one reason, like, I never ended up, I, I'm really into, I really love the idea of uh, kind of bootstrapping everything. And, you know, with, especially with blogging, I feel like blogging is a low overhead business, generally yes. speaking. And because of that, you know, it's easy for me to just keep a checking account going and not need a bunch of like credit cards and have all those other systems of tracking money. Not that that's, mm -hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that, but I can't tell you like how easy accounting is when it's all just cash in, cash out. Yes. Um, for me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I went with an LLC just from day one. I'm really glad that I did. Um, and with that, I also went ahead and got an EIN number. An EIN, so you can get, you you really need an EIN if you have an LLC, but you can also get one if you're just a sole proprietor too. Um, That's good to know. And it's super easy. Um, and if you Google it, I always tell people this. So if you Google it, I think the first three results are companies that want money to do it for you. You just go on the IRS's website and it probably takes six minutes mm -hmm. to get your EIN and you get it that day. You get it right then. Well, let's talk uh, about what the EIN is and why it's helpful if we can. So the, the EIN is, well, so if you were to have employees, you would have to have an EIN. So if you get, you know, like if you work for a company when you're filing your taxes, you know, you'll have to enter their EIN so that everything links back. But basically mm -hmm. what it is, is a social security number for a business. And an LLC, especially a single member LLC, you can use your social security number, but again, back to keeping it separate, getting an EIN is one of the easiest things you can do to say, nope, this is a separate business. Right. Um, and, and a lot of sole proprietors get them, you know, if you're working with companies online, you don't want to necessarily be giving out your social security number all the time. Um, yeah. It's probably fine. But if people are listening and you're like, well, why would I be giving that out? Pretty much anytime you work with a, um, like a brand, like a mm -hmm. sponsored piece of sponsored content or an affiliate program or anything like that, they're going to ask you in the U.S. to fill out a W-9. And on that W-9 is a tax form and they're going to ask for either your EIN or your social security number. And so this becomes very, very common practice in our industry of filling out W-9s for different things, Amazon affiliates, like all these yeah. different programs are going to ask you for these numbers. And that was another reason why I went ahead and got an EIN um, was because I thought, well, this will be far, e like this will be less stressful for me to put this number on here than to put my yes. number everywhere. Right. Because you do, I mean, you don't, they may not even end up issuing you uh, 1099 at the end of the year, but they're going to ask for, a tax identification number at the beginning. Um, and most companies are legit and are not going to steal your social security number, but with as much hacking and, you know, it's, it's nice to feel like it's protected and right. that it's not, you know, somebody's not going to be trying to steal your identity or something because you signed up with Amazon. Well, and a lot of people end up asking for the W-9s via email. Like they want yes. you to like upload them and scan them and send them to them. And that's, you know, like, right. yeah. that's the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. So I've just found it makes me more comfortable having an EIN. So just to recap, like um, so far you've said, you know, if you want to be legit with some coverage, go with the LLC and pay the kind of nominal fee every year when they register that with the secretary of state, right? Yes. State. Um, get your EIN number. And keep your bank account separate. Yes. 
Okay. And make sure you take care of your accounting. Make sure you keep track of everything, um, you know, income and expense. Expenses, the IRS doesn't care if you track your expenses, but you do. Uh, <laughs> right. You want to take all the write-offs that you can. Right. Um, and there's there's a lot of good ones. I mean, if you go to a blogging conference, if you yes. come to a retreat, if you, <laughs> you know, any of these things you're paying for month to month, like, um, you know, can be write-offs. Okay, so let's talk about really quick, because I think this is important to note, and maybe, you, maybe you're not the right person, but maybe you do know this. You know, there comes a point where hobby versus business and how, how that looks. Does that make sense when I'm asking? Like, yes. You know, because people, the question that I always get is, well, I'm not making any money, right? So how do you balance that out? And when, when do you need to start making money so that you are recognized as a legit business? Well, I mean, you can, you can start with the intention of starting a business and you may not be profitable for three years. You know, that's maybe not online, but in, you know, like a brick and mortar, right? Nobody expects you to be profitable for probably the first five years. Um, so if you want to start, if you intend to start a business, I say, treat it like a business from day one. And if you're just starting something as a hobby, I still think it's a good idea to track how much money you're spending on it. Um, mm -hmm. Even if it's only for your own purposes, like, gosh, I've spent $10,000 on this hobby. Maybe I don't right. want to have this hobby anymore. Um, well, and is there, is there a point at which the IRS says, okay, you haven't been profitable for this long and therefore you're a hobby, not a business. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Yeah. I don't think that there's a, um, there's not a clear line. Um, okay. And it's, perfectly okay for your income to ebb and flow over the years. So my husband's a CPA. He always says that if after five years, you know, if you've taken a loss for five years at five years, they're going to come and say, or they could come and say, you know, why don't you close this business down? You're obviously not making any money. Um, it doesn't make sense for you to keep spending money and running this business if you're just taking a loss every year. Right. So his benchmark that he always says is five years. Okay, gotcha. Um, and up to that point, he's perfectly com like comfortable, you know, having businesses take a loss, um, you know, maybe not a huge loss. And you're not making up a loss, you know, if you're legitimately having a loss every yeah. year. Right. Um, but his threshold's always like, you know, five years, they're gonna start to question, why are you even doing this business? Right. Um, <laughs> You know, and so at that point, you kind of open yourself up to the possibility of an audit or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Really, the thing I would like to share is if you want to start a business, I think that's great. But just make sure that you take it seriously from the beginning. If, if you're doing, if you, if you have a blog, it may seem like, oh, this business is not going to go anywhere. And you could go months and months without making any money and then one day something happens and you just like the money just starts rolling in. Let's say you make your first product and then overnight you make $20,000. It's hard to go back and say, Oh my gosh, you know, I had all these expenses the first half of the year, but I didn't keep track of them. So if you want this to make money, you need to treat it like a business from the very beginning. So let's talk about partnerships for a second too, because I often find that um, like I, I meet a lot of people who sort of start blogs together. So it'll mm -hmm. be two friends 
three friends get really excited and they want to start a blog because they know that they can all contribute. But mm-hmm. as with most things, <laughs> um, in these types of situations, there probably is always one person who does more work than all the other people. Yep. And I feel like, like my biggest fear every time I hear people talk to me about having a partner on their blog, I always say, do you have anything in writing at yes. all? Yes. Yes. Can you so talk about important. that a little bit? <laughs> Why that's so important? in my opinion, partnerships are the most dangerous type of business structure. Um, for exactly the reason you said, like we said, sole proprietors were the default for one person. A partnership is the default for multiple people. And every state will have different laws that have the default rules for partnerships. It's usually considered that everybody's equal. Everybody has an equal, they get an equal amount of pay. They are responsible for an equal number of the expenses. But like you said, there is usually one person who does more of the work um, who maybe is fine with that for the first six months. And then they start to get a little, bitter um, that they're doing everything, but then they're sharing income with everybody else equally. If you, if you really feel like you, a partnership is the way to go, you have to have a partnership agreement. And it's when you start a business, nobody wants to think of all the things that could go wrong, but that's the easiest time to think about the things that could go wrong before anything has happened let's, you know, you need to walk through different scenarios. Okay. Well, if this happens, then what are we going to do? What if somebody wants out, what are we going to do? You know, you need to think about all of that stuff up front instead of a year down the road when somebody wants out and then everybody's kind of fighting anyway, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot harder to resolve at that point than it would be to think about it ahead of time. And I think that this may stem from people often starting these things with friends. Right. And I think like we're friends And that person is uncomfortable getting formal for some reason. I really help encourage you guys to shake that stuff off because this is business. Right. It is. And it doesn't have anything to do with you don't trust your friend. It doesn't have anything, you know, you want to protect your friend as much as you want to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, Everybody needs to know what the expectations are starting out because it's not going to get easier down the road when you do encounter some sort of issue that you have to deal with. Right. Exactly. And if you've got it all set up up front and it's in writing, nobody can say anything about that. Like nobody can book it. I mean, they can say, well, let's revisit this and you can consider it. But if you don't have anything in writing, it can all fall apart and it can get nasty very quickly. And you just never know what can be the catalyst for that sort of thing. I just have known, like, I feel like every person I have ever known who's ever had a partnership has had some major issue along the way. Um, Just really unexpected stuff happens for one person, you know, like, we all know how quickly life changes. You just never know, like, what's going to come their way that could change, you know, their ability to work on something like maybe you, you were both entrepreneurs and the other person had to go back and get a job and now they're not able, you know what I mean? There's just so many things. Right. Well, and it's, you know, even stuff like if you've got three people working on a blog, what if one person's just a much better writer and then they get approached separately? Is that part of the partnership or is that their own thing? You know, you need to think about these things ahead of time. Right. Because it's and, a lot, you know, if, if you have a dispute once you're already in it, you're almost 
definitely going to go have to hire an attorney and, or, a, you know, a mediator or somebody to work that out between you. Right. Um, if you do it up front, I think it's easier to do yourself. I mean, I think it's good to be counseled on what things you need to be thinking about and what you mm -hmm. should include, but it's going to be a lot less expensive to deal with it up front than it is to be once you already have a dispute. Right. Exactly. So I just encourage all you guys out there that either have a partnership right now. If you do not have any kind of formal thing, go today, handle it like it's a business mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> and get everything in writing. Who owns what? What happens to the content? What happens when the person leaves? If somebody leaves, who gets what? All that kind of stuff. Like it's very, very important to do that from day one before things get super messy and out of control. And they probably will, <laughs> you know, if you don't have something in place today. Uh, and, you know, like this is really interesting because um, I think probably my husband has made me a lot more aware of this and, and friends who've gone through different business things have made me more aware of this. But I even do this with family. Like I don't even mess around anymore. Like if I'm doing some sort of business transaction, even with my parents, like there is a contract involved. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And people are like, Oh my God. Like, you know, and I don't think people always get it. And I think people, I think even sometimes like when I've had to do this with people that I'm close to, like, they're just like, this is so strange. And I'm like, it's not strange. It's just business. And this has to be in place for me to be able to work with you on this thing, whatever it is. Right. Well, you know, family, friends, you can have the best relationship ever, but money changes people. Um, like if you have some sort of issue over money, you may not be dealing with the same person that you started with. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you cause somebody to lose thousands of dollars just because your family, they're, may, they're probably not just going to let it go. Right. Um, you know, that's, it's just business. Um, and I feel like if you, if you're not going to set up, you know, a partnership with an agreement, or if you're not going to have contracts with family, then you just shouldn't work with family or friends yeah. um, because you need to treat everybody the same. Okay. So here's the nitty gritty part, right? Um, one thing that I always suggest that people do is if they are going to start a business, one good place to start is to go to your local chamber of commerce and see what information they have. They might be able to help you know what to do in your state specifically. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to doing like these agreements and things now, is that state by state or can they just get like a template? Like what, what would that look like with you, Andrea? For most things, I think a template is okay. Um, so the United States has something called common law and that's basically the law that came down, you know, that's pretty uniform throughout the country. There are different laws that might be a little bit different in each state, but overall it's basically the same. So contracts are most likely going to be valid everywhere. Um, as long as one thing you would need to, you know, make sure it's executed correctly. So if your state requires it to be notarized, make sure it's notarized. Um, the clauses are pretty much the same no matter where you are. Okay. Now, the same meaning, no matter where you are. And do you have templates? I do have a few templates. Um, I'm always adding more. Um, right now, I'm working on a non-disclosure. I think that's a big one that mm -hmm. people have when they are first starting out. I do have a single-member LLC operating agreement and a multi-member LLC operating agreement, which are super easy to um, to customize. Um, and back to partnerships. Don't forget that you can have a multi-member LLC instead of a partnership 
too. Um, so just if there's more than one person, partnership is not your only option. You can gotcha. still go the LLC route. And in my opinion, that's better. But so that would be an LLC with a P <laughs> on the line on the W9. Is that what that looks like? Like you check, check LLC and then put P or you don't know. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Uh, so, so like if you generally, if an LLC is taxed at the individual level, so if you're a single member, you would be like a sole proprietor. And if you're a multi-member, you're taxed like a partnership, okay. but your structure is not treated like a partnership. That's just for taxes. Okay. So if they wanted to do like, let's say somebody's ready to get legit today because <laughs> they yes. haven't, they haven't gone forward with that and they want to be a single member um, LLC and get themselves an operating agreement. Where can they go to find your template? My uh, templates are at vettedbyandrea.com slash products. So if you want to set up your LLC and you feel like you need help. Um, so I do offer a, like an LLC or business consulting service. So if you need help forming your LLC and you haven't been able to do it yourself with the secretary of state, um, you can send me an email at hello at vettedbyandrea.com and we can talk about the options for getting help with that. Um, whether you just have questions or if you actually want somebody to set up the LLC for you, I can do that too. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for being on the show today and for talking to us about that, those important questions. Because I get so many questions about what should I be and how do I set this up and then what do I need to do? And it's just really interesting because for me, my business has changed so much over the years. You know, like I started as sort of a single member LLC and then my husband quit his job and we became a partnership. Um, you know, and then recently we switched over to S Corp. So it's just been an interesting transition over time from one thing to another. Um, but all along, I've been really um, happy to take on the advice of um, a legal, you know, legal advisor at times when, you know, I needed somebody to look over contracts or to set up, like when they set up the partnership, we had, you know, um, a legal person set that up for us or an attorney set that up for us. And it just really helps the process. And I really think having everything in order is worth the investment. It is. It, it, it is. It's hard to spend the money up front, but you're going to save yourself so much money um, by doing it up front than you are fixing it later when there's right. a mistake. Um, right. It's just, and it's, it, it, it's not something that feels tangible. So you don't, you know, you don't get to leave the lawyer's office with really anything in hands. Like, wow, I just bought this thing. Um, but you do have the protection and knowing that, okay, I'm doing this and I'm doing it right. And right. to me, that's a peace of mind that is worth the investment. And I also think it's, it's motivating, you know, yes. When you invest money in something like that, you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm saying this is legit and I'm going to give it all I've got, you know, and I think sometimes just those bold moves to say, okay, this is legit. I'm turning this into a business. I'm going forward can sometimes be the catalyst that does drive you to success. Yes, for sure. Um, and it's telling yourself, you know, I'm worth it and I can do this thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I tell people, you know, if you're not sure if you need an LLC, if telling yourself I'm an LLC will make you take yourself and your business more seriously, then it's worth it because yes. you're going to put more into it. If you feel legitimate and you feel like, okay, I'm not just sitting in my pajamas, you know, working on my computer. Um, like I have a legit business 
and to me that's worth it if you're gonna if that's gonna make you take it more seriously then that in itself makes it worth it yeah and for me it was like every time tax season went around came around i was like yeah like i'm just gonna keep you know increasing and increasing and pursuing this and pursuing this like you know every year i was always excited to see the profitability of the business grow um, yes. and that was something that was also very motivating for me year after year because right. I took it seriously. Okay. So Andrea, where can people find you and you know, what are some good next steps? You can always find me at vettedbyandrea.com and I have a seven day challenge for starting your business. You can find that at vettedbyandrea.com slash challenge. And it's just an email course that'll walk you through starting your business from your idea, choosing your business structure, setting up, you know, your accounting and any license permits, things like that, that you might need um, over the course of seven days. So that after a week, you can feel comfortable that everything is set up and ready to go. Awesome. That's awesome. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for having me.